Now, it's time to put it all on the table through mediation. Your host, Teresa E. Keeves, is a professional mediator, here to educate, inform, enlighten, and inspire everyone about the great benefits in the process of professional mediation to resolve conflicts, disagreements, and disputes relating to business or personal matters. Now, here's your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Good morning, good morning, good morning to all of my listeners out there. This is Teresa E. Keyes, your host for Put It All on the Table through Mediation, broadcasting on the GreatTalkZone.com Internet Radio. So, I want to say, how are you all out there? Are you all having a fabulous time? Although most of our country is hot. Can we say yikes, ow, hot, wow, all of that? Look, guys, today... Our high is 109, some say 111. It really depends on where you are, you know, but that's fine with me. And I'm sure all of the residents here in the Valley agree because actually it's a little bit cooler. Even if we um, cool down two or three degrees, trust me, we can, we can, we can, um, we can, we can uh, feel the difference in the, in the, in the heat, you know, and right now we got the monsoon season. So can you imagine? 109, 111, and I think that uh, Saturday is going to be 113, and the humidity. Ah. Now, although it is still hot, you know, like I said, it's, it's, it's cooler. I'd rather have it 109 than 115 and the, and, and the humidity. You know, that, that, that's all I want to say, you know. And, um, and, and you know what else, guys? I even take note of the forecast for all of the upcoming week. It's going to be a little cooler, and look. I am so excited, okay, that next Saturday, not this Saturday, next Saturday, they are forecasting the temperature to be 99. I think that is fabulous, and I'm so excited that Mother Earth is cooling us down, okay? All right. We are going to have a great discussion today, you all, with my guest, the world's best mental health therapist, Reginald C. Campbell. Now, the title of my discussion today is Living in a What-If World. Do you know what I mean? Well, it's a bunch of what-if factors. For example, let me give you an example. What if we all listen to each other with an open mind? What if we stop killing one another? What if we believe in something higher than ourselves? You know, listeners, with all of the strife, the hatred, the name-calling, scandals, what if it all stopped? Can you imagine, can you just imagine the peace, the calmness that would come from the stillness of no longer dealing with negativity? Just soak that in for a few seconds here. I mean, these are some of the what-if factors me and my guest We'll be discussing today. But here comes the but. You know I have a couple of things to discuss with you before bringing my fabulous guest on. And, um, you know, I like to um, stay in tune with one of my favorite sources for um, information and keeping in tune uh, to what mediation is doing, and that is Mediate.com. And so I pulled an article 
off of there the other day, and I thought I would share it with you. The title of the article is Effective Conversations in American Society, Time for a National Mediation Act. Okay, this gentleman, Jim Milamed, and I've read articles that he has written before on my program. He says that whether it is the current polarized American political discourse, competing views about the importance of black and blue lives, or dealing with such fundamental issues as climate change and national security, one wonders what is the answer. While, he says, political posturing might suggest that the issues facing American society today and the world are intractable, or that the other possible resolution is one side prevailing over the other, the truth of the matter is that progress and resolution genuinely comes only as a result of one critical phenomenon, capable conversation. He says that, unfortunately, in the current polarized climate, capable conversation simply do not happen on their own. He says that what happens on its own, and we all know this, is grandstanding, vitriolic accusations between us and them, and a rapid frame of our essential social fabric. The contentiousness and hate of others will not cure itself, particularly when our traditional political leaders are perhaps most guilty of riling up the masses. And I know we all can attest to that. What we as society need, he says, is to perhaps state the obvious in a new kind of leadership, one that will recognize that the one and only way that we can capable resolve the many issues facing our society and the world today is by supporting both and all sides most effectively, letting them say their piece and, as importantly, listening to the other side. But, you know, guys, that's something that people just don't do. They don't listen, okay? And thus, while we all know that Rome was not built in a day, it is also true that the longest journey begins with but a single step. Hence, set against the divisive content, context, I'm sorry, that we currently face, our answer for the future has perhaps never been more clear. We need a society to recommit to the value of most capable conversations, he says, okay? Now, he says that it is thus on these bases that he would like to call for one or both leading U.S. political to consider and adopt a National Mediation Act. Now, he says this act came in mind to be very simple. It only needs to state, okay, real simple. It is the policy of the United States that when two or more individuals or entities are in protracted dispute, it is preferable that such disputants actively take part in solution-seeking, facilitated conversations through mediation, rather than allow such disputes to remain unresolved or, uh, or result in unnecessary litigation, cost, contentiousness, and violence. And so paradoxically, it is out of, you know, out of dark politics that these emerges a critical recognition of the opportunity for our country and for the world to see the light and fully embrace the importance of most capable conversations and mediation for our national global society. I think this is really good stuff here. So he is saying, please join me 
<coughs> excuse me, and mediate.com in recognizing the importance of most capable conversations and mediation. There is a form, um, that he, that he has that you can go online to mediate.com and, um, look up, uh, the, you know, the title of, of his, um, uh, right, which is effective conversations in American society time for a national mediation act. And you could click on, you know, completing this form supporting a national mediation act. And then he says that we will be in touch with suggested next steps for making a national mediation act a reality. He says this is the shift in social consciousness, uh, American exceptionalism and American leadership that we and the world now most need. And listen, I totally agree with Mr. Milamed. Totally. And I've been talking about this on my program now for a while about the importance of listening, the importance of sitting down and talking, having a conversation with one another. No shouting, uh, screaming, name calling, you know, posturing as he as he called it, because when you posture, you know, you come in there with all of that, then the other side is going to retaliate. And then and then what do we have? What what do we have? We we have. You know, it, 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 we have no resolution. And, and, and never mind about amicable, we have no resolution at all. Okay. So I think this, I think this is, um, this is, this is a really good article. And I, you know, and I, you know, I ask that you all go out there and, you know, and read it. And for all of my, you know, uh, uh, you know, fellow, uh, mediators in the profession, I think this is, this would be something interesting, um, if and should you want to, uh, proceed uh, with that. Now, here's something else I want to say. I want to mention to all of you out there, if you have not registered to vote, please do so. Get registered, as this is a very important election for the President of the United States. And also, you all, all voters out there, be sure you know exactly where the voting places are. For example, in the primary here in Arizona recently, there was a lot of anger as a number of voting places were closed. People were not informed of where to go, particularly particularly in time, so that they can exercise their right to vote. And they should have been angry. And, you know, a lot of people were standing in line for a long time here in this state, only to be turned down. You know, oh, we ran out of ballots. You know, oh, we... No, this is not where you're supposed to be. That's unacceptable. There is no need for people to not be able to vote should they want to exercise their right. And polling places, here's another thing, really, don't run out of ballots. That that's really that that is really a lame excuse to give people. Oh, we ran out of ballots, so you can't vote. You know that you know that that should not be happening in this state or any other state. Okay. So just take note of that to any of the powers to be who may be listening to me this morning. All right. And, um, you know, just make sure that you have enough, um, uh, you know, ballots and, and other information if the individuals are wanting the need, need for it so that they can exercise their vote in this very important election. Okay. The title of our discussion today is living in a world, living in a what if world. I'm certain that a number of you listeners are saying, what, you know, what, what, what do you mean by that? Well, you know, I mean by that just, just what I had said earlier. Just let me read you a little bit of my introduction. It says, as our nation continues to consistently deal 
with prejudice and hate, for example, police officers being shot, wounded and killed by gunmen who gives claim to the fact that they are basically retaliating in addition to police officers who are seemingly quick with the trigger and are killing a large number of black and brown men and large numbers of citizens in this country are more than disappointed and are angry with the handling of these terrible situations. And what about the fact that other countries in this beautiful world are dealing with an unsurmountable amount of hate crimes on a daily basis? There is seemingly a political coup from the United States Congress for the past eight years as a great number of its congressional members consciously decided not to help President Barack Obama as he took office twice to achieve important needed tasks to help the populace of this nation move forward. And what about the vicious mudslinging, racism, uncooperation, no apologies, lies, and plagiarism that grips our presidential campaign and political system here in the great United States? In the wake of all of this, okay, Here is what I am thinking. Living in a what if world. What if, for example, we had love and respect for ourselves? What if, for example, we could intelligently discuss topics with one another without tempers flaring and name calling? What if, for example, we listen to one another? What if we believe in something higher than ourselves? What if we just stop killing one another? What if terrorism, strife, hatred, name calling, lying and scandals could just abruptly stop? Can you imagine, my listeners out there, the peace, the calmness that will come from the stillness of no longer dealing with negativity? And, you know, so these are just some of the things that that my guests and I are going to be discussing this morning. Now, if you have a comment, you can please dial one eight 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 go for it. That's one eight 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 go for it. And I'm bringing my guest Reginald C. Campbell on right now, so that we can get started on our talk today. And in light of this article, you know, it it is very powerful, and uh, that Mr. Melamed said. So I felt that it was very apropos to what me and my guest is going to be talking about today. My guest is the world's best mental health specialist. He is a frequent guest on my show. He has lots of experience in the field of his profession. He is an advocate for those he helped with mental challenges. And you know what? He's looking at like 30 years, okay, in his field of practice. He is a great listener. He invokes insightfulness and sensible comments for discussion, and he's just an all-around good guy, and I enjoy having him on my show. Good morning, Reginald, and how are you? Uh, good morning, and how are you? And uh, uh, really, two things first. For uh, I look forward to 99 degrees next week. Uh, <laughs> okay. And people who, who don't live here, they, they don't understand. At 99 degrees, so it's a cool wave uh, from 115. And being somewhat of a new resident being here a year now, I totally understand that. But that is prior to coming here, and uh, mm-hmm. and the article was 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 very that that was very nice. That was, that was very good and very apropos of uh, of what's going on. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, it's, yeah, it's, I, I, I don't know, Reginald. You know, I, I just love this, this topic that we're going to be, you know, going to be talking about here. Um, you know, living in a what if world. You know, I think people are so caught up in all of the, um, you know, uh, craziness, uh, and all of the anguish and everything that's happening in our world today that their minds can't go any, you know, they, it can't go past, um, seeing any type of resolution or, or resolvement, let's say. Um, you know, they think that this is how it's going to be, but it don't have to be this way. It can be better. Okay. So now I have a question for you, Reginald. Let's get started here. All right. Cause we're going to break here in a couple of minutes. In light of the article that I talked about initially written by Jim Milamed, he talks about the importance of listening, which is one of the things I talk about a lot on my program. Now, that it is so much powerful in listening. As I have stated so many times, I give my disputants a platform to be heard, to tell their side of the story uninterrupted, and if interruption occurs, I immediately deal with it, as I'm sure a lot of my colleagues do the same. Now, Reginald, this writer wants to establish a National Mediation Act, and I, you know, read Simply, it's very simple. It isn't, you know, a bunch of uh, uh, legalese in it, you know, so that you need to take it and try to understand what it's saying. It's very simple, not no no complexity to it. So I want to know, what is your take on this, Reginald, of starting a National Mediation Act? I think that would be great. Um, you know, it, it, there's, there's a lack of, of listening right now in, in this country in, in this world, but to say this country in, in general. And, you know, listening is one of the best things that, that we can do. Listening is the best communication skill um, as, a, as a therapist. You know, the best thing that you can do is, is listen to your client. Um, when you go to school, um, students can't learn if they're not listening. Um, mm-hmm. And 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 being able to sit down and mediate disputes instead of um, you know call, name calling and vilifying the other person and and all of that um, that would be so helpful and and I just think there's a lack of of listening and and, and careful listening should I say in in this especially this political climate that we're going through right now. Oh, absolutely. Because this is this is how I look at it. I look at it as listening is one of the most purest forms of education. Okay? This is something that I was talking to um my little grandson about um last week, for example. And um he was talking about you know, all the degrees and things like that that I have and so forth and so on and 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 how did I get it and things? And I told him that one one way, you know, you've become so intelligent is that you listen and you have to be open. See, see, Rachel, there's a lot of things that people and we're going to discuss this. We're going to take a break right now. But when I come back, I want us to further this talk. People, you, some people listen, but they don't absorb. So stay tuned with us, ladies and gentlemen. Get up and stretch, get your coffee and tea and come back with me. Hi listeners, this is Teresa E. Keeves, and I want to talk to you about bullying. 
Do you know that bullying is still a constant negative in our society, not only for children in grammar schools and high schools, but also in our colleges, university, and workplaces? I want you to know that professional mediation is a great method for resolving issues regarding bullying. It also allows party members to engage in a much-needed conversation to clarify what the issues are and to resolve them without the involvement of law enforcement and in relation to our children, the possibility of school suspension. Need more information? Please give me a call at 623-594-5657 or visit my website at www.tekmediations.com. Now it's time to put it all on the table through mediation. Here's your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Thank you for returning back with me. This is Teresa E. Keeves, and now we're turning, returning back with my fabulous guest, the world's best mental health therapist, Reginald C. Campbell. And the topic of our discussion today is living in a what-if world. Now, right before we took break, um, you guys, um, we were talking about listening. And I said that listening is one of the most purest forms of education. Because when you listen and, you know, listen succinctly and intentionally, then you absorb and you expand your entire being, your mind, your brain, your whole body is just absorbing what you have learned new and how you can maybe perhaps take that, uh, what you've learned and maybe implement, uh, implement it in your life or some forms of it or maybe put your own spin on it or whatever. But, you know, before I left, I was uh, asking, you know, talking to my guest, Reginald C. Campbell, that, you know, some people just refuse to listen. You know, they, they refuse Reginald to absorb or they or, or refuse to deal with what they are hearing. Have you, you know, run into individuals like that, uh, Reginald? And if so, how do you handle that? Yeah, there, there's times when I, I tell people that you hear me, but you're not listening. You know, you can you can hear something, but you don't listen. Um, there's a, a, a young man I was having a session with a few weeks ago, and, uh, you know, I, I talked about that. You hear me, but you're not listening. So, you know, you're not, you hear the words that's coming out of my mouth, but you're, or the words that come out of his mouth, but you're not absorbing. You're not listening. You're not l- listening to what you're saying. And there's a distinct difference between the two, between hearing and, and listening. And, mm-hmm. you know, people are so quick to, uh, I just know in some conversations that I have with people, um, they're so quick to give their opinion or what they want to say that they're not listening to what you're saying because they're just mm-hmm. waiting to respond to what you're saying. So they're mm-hmm. hearing you, but they're not they're hearing the words coming out of your mouth, but they're not listening to the words that are coming out of your mouth. So there's definitely a distinct difference in in, in those two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, just 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 briefly because I want to move on so we can get you know basically into uh, more meat of the topic. Um, but you know, yeah, individuals who are like that—that's because they are so bent and intent on. That, that they're right and that you're wrong. When you said that that's one of the, of the, of the culprits of that, of, of individuals who just can't, you know, you know, move on and it ends up in, you know, tempers flaring and things like that. 
is because, you know, they're like, no, I'm right and you're wrong, you know, and it is, it is a bad situation when individuals think that they have arrived. That, that's all I'm going to say, say about that. You know what I'm saying, Reginald? Right. Absolutely. And, and you're right. It's, it's, uh, I'm right. You're wrong. Um, if I disagree with you, then, you know, I have to vilify you because I disagree with you. And, uh, you know, and, and in the meantime, there's no communication going on. There's no problem solving going on. Um, you know, you just have an argument, just have two people saying or shouting things and neither one of them are listening to the other. Exactly. Now, Reginald, let's get on to, I want to talk about the, um, political, um, the political environment, <laughs> the presidential campaign, um, here that we are, that we are dealing with, uh, right now in the United States. You know, it's very important. That's why I was saying before I brought you on that, um, that, you know, the importance for people, if they are not registered to vote, to get out there and vote. You know, um, yeah. find, find out you have time now. What is this? July, April, May, June. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, July, August, September, October, November. You got three months basically to get out there and find out where do you register to vote? Where the polling places are. If you don't know where they are, call up whoever it is that you need to call up and find out exactly where you need to go and vote. Get all this done early because so that we don't, so that we can avoid you know, the mishap that we had here and, you know, in Arizona recently and in the years, you know, preceding this, you know, which regional, I think that it's all a ploy anyway to, to stop people. And, and uh, for somehow or another, they think that it's doing that is going to sway whoever it is that they want in, in office, all, you know, the crazy stuff that goes on. But now what I want to ask you, Reginald, is, you know, as I had said, you know, earlier that, is I, I refer to it as a political coup because the president of the United States has been in for eight years and he's done a lot of things, but, uh, you know, to help, um, you know, the individuals of this, of this great nation move on. But my, but my thing is there's a lot of things that he was not able to do because of the, you know, the, the, the uh, majority of the congressional members, and that's just a fact. All right. So now, what if Reginald that there was cooperation between the president of the United States and the congressional members? Can you even phantom that of how of 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 the of the great things that that could have been done? You know, in our in in my what if world segment here, can you just imagine? That would be great because you know politicians have a tendency to forget that they work for us. They were sent to uh, to Washington or sent to that state capital or their mayor or or alderman. Uh, you know, you you were elected to to work for for the people who sent you there and not to uh, grandstand and do things personally for yourself. For so many politicians, you know, when they get into office, uh, you know, they look at all the things of, of how things can benefit them. What can they get out of out of this? 
and they're not mm-hmm. looking at the people who uh, sent them there. And 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 I just think it's really a shame that I mean, just right from the get go, uh, the Republican Party decided they were they were not going to uh, work with the president. And and there's so many things that that could have been done, uh, jobs that could have that that would have been created. And and in spite of you know, you look at what he has done, in spite of what there's of what uh, the Republican Party is saying, I'm just gonna just gonna say it the way it is. If you listen to them, you think you know, it's like Chicken Little, the, the sky is falling. Um, you know, unemployment is down. Is everybody employed? Of course not. Is there work more work that needs to be done? Of course there is. But mm-hmm. have they worked with the president to create those things and not work with him so they can try and say that he's a failure? Mr. McConnell said his main goal is was to make President Obama a one term president. That's your that's your goal. That's your main goal while you're while you're in office, and that's 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 pretty ridiculous and sad and ugly and mean. But in spite mm-hmm. of all of that, the things that you know he has he has created and the job bringing jobs down, of the, you know the unemployment rate down, um, our stance in the world, uh, and things like that. So in spite of mm-hmm. of things yeah. are so oh, much, you still there? So much better. Uh-huh. You know, the, the, the thing, the thing is, is, the thing is, um, is that if, if people would, um, you know, just cooperate and listen, and I totally agree with you, Reginald, that if there was a, you know, in the what if world, if people were to, if people were to, uh, you know, just cooperate and listen to, to each other, we could get so much further. Um, you know, in this political, uh, campaign, you hear people talk about, um, um, you know, well, you know, we're gonna, uh, we're gonna fix this. You know, exactly fix what? What is it that you're going to fix? As you said, so, you know, so eloquently, you know, is everything, you know, fine? No, everything is, is not fine. However, there's so many things that, that are great, that are, you know, that, that have been, uh, done that, that have uh, fortified and moved this country forward. The thing is, is that with this president, um, things just don't get advertised because they're so busy, you know, um, being stuck on, uh, you know, they're so busy being stuck on, uh, you know, pointing at things that's not being done. And the sad thing about it is they are the, the, the perplexity that is stopping things from getting done. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like you know, someone says, "Oh, you didn't, uh, you didn't take the bus to work, but you know, you didn't send a bus to take me to work." Don't you blame me because you didn't send the bus, you know, to come and pick me up on work? Um, exactly. You know, let's, let's, let's just take Ben, this this Benghazi thing just 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 for a second, because it's just really ridiculous. I think the majority of people who hear Benghazi, if you ask them what country Benghazi is in, they couldn't tell you. But and 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 they want to talk about uh, the Republican Republican Party want to talk about how oh uh, you know the ambassador was killed and you know there was no security that well it was the Republican Party that cut the funds that provided security to the embassy in Benghazi. Mm-hmm. But you know they so oh there was just I mean you know it's 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 just ridiculous I mean it's just it's just really childish. And it's silly 
meantime, there's work that needs to be done. Um, uh, you know, the, the ambassador was a personal friend of Hillary Clinton. And so mm-hmm. to say that, oh, she didn't care, she just left, she didn't answer the phone. You know, I mean, it's just, it's just so ridiculous and, and so mean. And sometimes I wonder, how can some of these people go to bed at night and close their eyes and think that they're going to wake up in the morning after the ugly things that they have said and done? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, um, exactly. And, and, and that's and that's scary. But yet, you know, you want to sit up there and talk and, and try to be a Bible talker. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! So yeah, it's, it's just really something. It's really something. Yeah, yeah, it really is. You know, because I'm thinking. Um, you know, how much could have been resolved if you if you uh, would have listened to what it is that the president is saying. And and let's just be let's just be straight up, uh, you know, about this, Reginald, that the reason that they that they act are acting so crazy is because there is prejudice and racism that is deeply rooted in our congressional um, um, form. And that's just and that's just the truth of it. You, you know what I'm saying? This is our right. first, um, however you want to put it, uh, uh, president of color, black, African American, however you want to say it, um, that this is non-white. <laughs> okay. And, um, I, I've never, I've, you know, I have seen, but I'm just saying that I've just never seen the so much contentiousness, so much hate, so much, you know, um, intentional, intentionalness driven at not wanting to get things done and then turn around as, as you said, and I said earlier that if you're not giving me, you know, sending the bus to pick me up and then you turn around and say, okay, well, you are late, Teresa. Yeah, but you were, you said that you were sending the bus to pick me up. You see what I'm saying? So you don't give a person what it is that they need to do so that they can be successful, but then you turn around and blame them for it on some type of sick psychological thing that that's in your department that you know, um, you know, you know what 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 would be going on with that? Now, the the next thing, uh, you know, Rachel, I want to talk about in a what if world. Um, and I want my listeners out there to just imagine this too. What if when um, and this is about admitting, you know, when you're when you're wrong, you know, because there's so much. That it, it, you know, it, it, it means so much to your character when you admit that you've done something wrong. Now, what I'm talking about is when Melania Trump got up and she did the speech and they're playing it side by side that she plagiarized First Lady Michelle Obama's speech that she did eight years ago. Okay. And this is right on the same vein of saying um, what, what you were talking about earlier that, you know, they, they do these things and then they say, well, I don't know what you're talking about. And they were telling the public, no, that's not what was said. That's not what you heard, but it is. And, and this is what I said about character that it plays a lot on your character when you could be a big enough person, human being, child of God to say and admit, you know, okay, I was wrong about that. You know, I, I should have said this or, or should have done that or, or, or can you help me do this better or whatever? You know, this, and, and then there's so much time wasted in this, Reginald. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, being able to say, I, I, I can't remember who, who said this, but I, I, heard, uh, I heard a gentleman say this a few years ago. Uh, 
learn uh, that we can use for the rest of our life is what we learn in, in, in preschool and in kindergarten and first grade. And that, please, thank you, and I'm sorry. And those mm-hmm. are three words that a lot of, that people cannot and refuse to, to, uh, to use and implement. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you're exactly right. You know, I always say that, you know, things will happen uh, and, and someone will record it, uh, either via video or audio. And, um, you know, Republicans will turn around and say, well, that's not what you really heard. That's not, that's not what was said. That's not what was really said. And, you know, watching this with the first lady's speech and Melania Trump's speech, you know, they're playing this side by side. Mm-hmm. Word for word, but yet Paul Manafort and other people in the in the in 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 Donald Trump's circle uh, and other Republicans are saying that no, this this wasn't her. Melania came up with this on her own. These these are her words. So in other words, regardless, even though I'm showing it to you, even though I'm here, I'm hearing it, I'm looking at it. You're not hearing what you really hear. Which is just mm-hmm. totally, totally ridiculous. And now that this has come out, that the, and, and first of all, I knew Melania didn't write this, write this speech. You know, come on. Um, uh, there's a so-called speech writer uh, who totally plagiarized it. And, and like someone was saying on CNN um, uh, the other day, that look, there's there's an app where you can go in. You know, students use it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, one one guy tries to say, well, uh, I, I can't remember who, who, who it was, who's a member of the Republican Party. Um, you know, he's trying to say that, oh, well, that, you know, there, there weren't enough words to be said to be, to be plagiarized. Well, anyone mm-hmm. who has gone to college and earned a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, know that all it takes for you to get kicked out of school for plagiarism is taking one sentence and not citing that of, of where it came from and what it was said. You know, plagiarism mm-hmm. is, a, is a serious thing. You know, when I was yes, in school, that's the first thing they, they talked about, warned you about plagiarism. So whenever I would do papers, I would cite and cite and oversight, you know, mm-hmm. to make sure that I gave credit to the person, to the man or woman who, who said this. And mm-hmm. that's okay. That is, that, is, that is okay. You can still put your words in. You can still say what you want to say, but give credit to the person who, who said that, which is what they just refused to do. Yeah. So they just kept and, saying, no, this is Melania's words, this is not her speech, but they couldn't just, again, say, you know what, I'm sorry, or, or, you know what, I admire the first lady, and I'm going to echo what she said, blah, blah, blah. Exactly. But, you know, but but as I'm saying, Reginald, um, un- unfortunately, um, with, with the, you know, what we have on going on in our political uh, and presidential campaign right now, <clears throat> excuse me, is a lot of, um, you know, hate and, and mudslinging and, and things like that, scandals and things going on. And so mm-hmm. my thing in the what if world is that if, you know, when she was being interviewed on the airplane as she was with Donald Trump and Matt Lauer, you know, one of the initial mm-hmm. interviews, he asked her, mm-hmm. um, you know, did right. you practice your, your speech at these? And she said, I wrote it with a little bit right. of help. 
You know, I just read it once mm-hmm. and da, 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 you know, um, and it's not mm-hmm. like she was very nice in her response to him. Um, I felt, mm-hmm. um, uh, but, 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 the th- but the thing is, is that if she had a said initially, see, what people don't understand is that what you do and, 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 and say initially, uh, it, it has a lot to do with how things are going to play out in the future after that. Yeah. If she had, if she had initially said, you know, I, um, I um had some help um I mm-hmm. um um you know uh by you know uh such and such such and such and I'm I'm even mm-hmm. going to quote from Michelle Obama who I totally admire and um mm-hmm. and I I you know I I she she also tweeted something from Marv Collins you know another mm-hmm. black woman right. they were showing that from side to side so just right. be upfront and say that you know and it would be in mm-hmm. so so much time that could have been saved and things it would have been nicer it would have been smoother and i and right. i think that you know um i'm not a fan of of uh melania and her husband just to say that however mm-hmm. i am a human being and and mm-hmm. i and you know and i appreciate the fact that she got up there doing this speech and i feel that she would have been more accepted and not, you know, barraged with all of this in the media and everything had she just said what, you know, that, that no, I, you know, I, I'm going to quote, uh, Michelle Obama and, um, uh, in my speech, I know that I'm a Republican, um, you know, and, but I nevertheless, you know, I, I do admire, I do admire, um, you know, this lady. So this is what I'm going to do right now. I'm going to take um, a brief break right now, Reginald, and then we're going to come back and discuss further our what if scenario for uh, our topic today. Stay tuned. Hi, listeners. This is Teresa E. Keeves, and I would like to know if you are having issues or disagreements with your neighbor and you have reported it to the HOA and the issue still has yet to be resolved, and now you're feeling as though your concerns have fallen on deaf ears, and you're not sure what to do. Don't think of litigation. How about professional mediation? Mediation is becoming very popular for resolving issues in a timely and cost-effective manner. You see, unlike the litigation process, the mediation process, parties are given a platform to be heard, and open communication between the parties is established. Professional mediation also combines neutral advocacy, implementing evaluative and facilitative techniques. Empowerment is developed as the parties are very much involved in solidifying an agreement with the guidance of the professional mediator. Would you like to know more? Give me a call at 623-594-5657 or visit my website at www.tekmediations.com. You're listening to Put It All on the Table Through Mediation with Teresa E. Keeves. Thank you. Thank you for returning back with me. <clears throat> Excuse me. And my fabulous guest, the world's best health therapist, Reginald C. Campbell. And we're talking about living in a what-if world. And, you know, oftentimes, uh, Reginald and my listeners out there, when we hear the word repercussions, we always think of it in the in the negative sense. You know what I'm saying, Reginald? That, oh, there's going to be repercussions. But repercussions can mean either or. It can mean good or it can mean bad. You know what I'm saying? So uh, it, in, in, in a what if world, if we do that, I'm speaking about in a what if world, if we're if what I'm speaking about, what I was just uh, saying before we took a break about Melania 
in a what is world, the repercussions of all of that would have been so much different if she had a said, you know, as Michelle Obama stated in her 2008, you know, speech at the, you know, Democratic, she could have said that. She could have said that, you know, and, and it would have been, it would have been so much, it would have been so much better. Now, having said that, now, would her Republican buddies, you know, really like that, that she, you know, is mentioning a Democrat? Probably not. Okay. But the whole thing, the whole thing is, is doing the right thing. You know, it's very, very important on doing the right thing and never mind what somebody else is thinking. It's, it's all about you and your soul. Okay. So, yeah. So the, the next, I'm sorry, go ahead. You know, just, just in the seven years that, that the president has, has been in office, I mean, it, it was, uh, you know, Republicans don't even want to be seen with him. Their whole thing is, oh, don't be seen with him. Don't take a picture with him or anything like that, which mm-hmm. is so ugly and so, and so mean, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, you know, look, I'm no fan of, of, of Reagan. I'm no fan of, of, of Nixon or, or the Bushes, but I would have, because they're still the president of the United States, I would have been honored to take a picture with them. You know, because mm-hmm. they are the president and they are the leader of, of this country. Uh, I mm-hmm. disagree with you vividly on, on your, on your, um, you know, decisions or your stance or your policy. But, you know, if offered to take a picture with the president, sure, I would, I, I would, you know, I, I didn't care for, for George W. Bush or his policies, but had been given the opportunity to take a picture with him, I most certainly would because I respect him as a human being. And I respect, most of all, I respect the office of the presidency of the United States. Absolutely. Absolutely. But see, some people are so, as I said before, so bent and intent on being right, they can't even get past mm-hmm. that. You know, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> and a lot of what I'm saying is also mixed in spiritual, uh, or, you know, awareness. You know, if you can't get over mm-hmm. something, you're not going to be able to get, to, you know, to go, to, to go forward because you're going to be right there. Right. You're going to be stuck right there spinning, spinning, spinning around, seeing the same thing and doing the same thing because you, you know, you are not allowing, you're not allowing yourself to move forward, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, <clears throat> yeah, excuse me. Now, something else that I want to talk about is that, you know, the things that's going on in between, uh, between the, 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 um, police officers and um the individuals who are retaliating on the police, you know, which both of it is wrong. All right. Now, um I, I feel that the police officers need to be um uh every year, excuse me, every year they need to have classes um for, for police officers. They need to teach them about insensitive uh you know, sensitivity, um, racism and, and things like that, how to conduct themselves, what to say, not to say, and things like that. But then on the other hand, the public also needs to be educated with these same things that I that I just named. Now, just right. think in a just think in a what if in a what if world, all right? Uh, let's take the gentleman who was unfortunately shot as his girlfriend was filming that whole situation. And what if he had allowed him 
to right. do what it said that he was going to do. Okay. Right. It wouldn't, it would not have resulted in, you know, the police officers being shot. Um, this individual will still be living, going on doing what it is that he do for his, his, uh, family, his life. You know, everything would have gone on, but because this huge nasty ripple was put in it, you know, then it, it didn't happen. But I'm saying in, in a what if society, if, if the police officer had approached him differently, then none of this would have happened. And this is something that I want people to think about, as I'm saying in my what if scenarios here, that a lot of people are, you know, say, well, what if, what if, what if? Yes, but you know, the thing I want people to do is to think, is to think, you know, you have, God has equipped us with a fabulous tool, okay? <laughs> a fabulous tool is our brain, our mind. No man will never be able to, to replicate that. You know, our brains are quick. You know, no, no computer system will be able to replicate that. So I'm, I'm asking that people to think better and succinctly, you know, when they, when they get into situations so that they don't have a bad outcome. I'm asking this of the police officers and I'm asking this of the public, you know, to, to do, to, to be better thinkers, you know, think of the what if world. What if, you know, I, I say this and what if, if I, if I say that, you know, always take the high road. That's what I'm saying. You, you understand what I'm saying, Reginald? Mm-hmm. And, and the actions, the negative actions of, uh, you know, a police officer does not represent the majority of officers who are out there, you know, attempting to do a very difficult job and to uh, serve the public. And yes, it is. Of the of the guy who uh, you know killed police officers, you know he he doesn't speak for me. He doesn't exactly. speak for the majority of of men of color by his actions, and just like mm-hmm. the police officers who are doing or the women thing, or uh, not not to interrupt. Oh, he he don't or women of color. <laughs> he don't he sure. doesn't speak for that. Mm-hmm. Sure, just just people of color in general, and and the police officers who are doing the negative things, they don't uh, uh, speak. For the majority of the police officers, men and women, police officers who are out there, you know, doing doing their difficult job. So, so it it you know that old saying where one bad apple, uh, you know, could spoil a bunch. So that is so true. You have a bunch of you have thirty great apples, and you have one rotten apple in there, and he can spread. Unfortunately, he can spread his or her negativity around, but you can also throw that apple out of the bunch. Mm-hmm. Throw that apple out of the car. So. It's so it doesn't, you know, he or she doesn't affect, you know, others. Um, and that's mm-hmm. the negative people do. They want to infect, and I don't say so affect, but infect uh, people mm-hmm. with their with their negativism. And, mm-hmm. and and also the public has to realize, this is my personal opinion, that you know we can't say that all police officers are are officer friendly. You know, there 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 are people who are on the police force, unfortunately, who have who have biases. Everyone has everyone has biases. We all have biases. Exactly. Have exactly. Biases. You know, mm-hmm. So to pretend that no police officer would do anything wrong is now just, you know, putting uh, a band aid over um this, this this huge problem. Instead of going in and, and you know, popping the zip, you just you know, you just want to put a band aid over the zip. Well no, you need to go in, sometimes lance it, squeeze the germ out 
and then put a, you know, then let it heal on its own and not just put a bandaid over it. And, mm-hmm. and that's what needs to be done, I think. Um, and, you know, again, it's, uh, you know, one or two people who have their biases and things can make it so difficult for those who don't hold that opinion and who are just out there trying to do, um, and, uh, you know, really trying, trying to do, job. yeah, trying to. Yeah, trying to do their job. Police officers, as I've said before, have a very difficult job, um, you know, in, 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 um, you know, being out there, uh, with, with the public. And this is why I'm saying that, that, you know, the, the, the overwhelming of police officers are good people, you know, um, the, you know, uh, and I still believe that the overwhelming majority of the populace are good people yeah. too. It's the same yeah. thing. You got a few people who do something bad and that's what's talked about all the time, you know? So, um, I, yeah, you know, it's talked about all the time. So I, I really enjoyed, you know, talking about, you know, this, this, this what if factor. And as I said before, um, I'm running out of time. So, um, I, but as I said before that, I want people to think succinctly, uh, that's the police officers and, and John Q public just to think, you know, better about yourself and other people that you come, um, and face with every day. Okay. So that we can stop all of this contentious, nasty behavior, um, in our world today. It doesn't have to be. We are the purveyors of that. We can stop it and change the climate. Um, please get out and register to vote. Be sure you vote in November. Reginald, thank you once again for being the absolute fabulous guest on my show. And I will be airing again in two weeks from now. God bless. This is Teresa E. Keeves. Have a great day. Hi, listeners. This is Teresa E. Keeves, and I want to talk to you about bullying. Do you know that bullying is still a constant negative in our society, not only for children in grammar schools and high schools, but also in our colleges, university, and workplaces? I want you to know that professional mediation is a great method for resolving issues regarding bullying. It also allows party members to engage in a much-needed conversation to clarify what the issues are and to resolve them without the involvement of law enforcement and in relation to our children, the possibility of school suspension. Need more information? Please give me a call at 623-594-5657 or visit my website at www.tekmediations.com.